Hey, everyone. Before we start today's episode, we at the FT want to hear from you, and we want to know what you'd like to hear more of. So to help us understand that, we're running a survey that you can find online at ft.com slash btm survey. That's ft.com slash btm survey. There's also a link in our show notes. The survey takes around 10 minutes to complete, and if you fill it out, you'll have the chance to win a pair of Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. What better way to listen to Behind the Money? Thanks, everybody. Now, let's get on with the show. Lately, it's been a rough time for tech companies and their workers. So over the last month or so, we've seen just about every mega cap tech company. All of them have announced fairly substantial layoffs. That's Rob Armstrong talking there. He's the FT's U.S. financial commentator and writes a column called Unhedged. The companies we're talking about, Meta, Microsoft, Google, Salesforce, Amazon. And Rob says when you hear the explanations for why these companies had to do these layoffs, it's the same story over and over. Said CEO Mark Benioff, quote, Salesforce, like many tech companies, boomed during the pandemic with people hunkering down at home. With the soaring revenues came similar headcount. In short, Microsoft just grew too quickly during the pandemic, and now they have to reset everything. Cassie said in the note that annual planning, quote, has been more difficult given the uncertain economy and that we've hired rapidly over the last several years. But Rob says these comments left him scratching his head. So there is a nice, easy story that is being sung in unison by these companies. We hired a lot because of high demand during the pandemic. Demand is lower. Now we have to let people go. But there is a much bigger story or more urgent story in the background. Because the fact is, these companies have been hiring a lot of people for a long time. It wasn't just during the pandemic. Michaela Tendera from the Financial Times. In recent weeks, thousands of tech workers from some of the biggest firms on the planet have lost their jobs. Today on Behind the Money, we're going to look at what's really causing these giant layoffs. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. So if you don't think this pandemic-induced hiring boom was the reason for these layoffs, then why'd they happen? So for a long time, let's say going back to as long as 10 years ago, these companies were the darlings of not only the U.S. but the world stock market. These four or five or six companies just only went up. Investors loved them. Everything they could do was right. The CEOs were the darlings of the business world. Investor... Appetites or preferences have changed, and since a year or a year and a half ago, the prices of the stocks of these companies have fallen by 30%, 40%, 50% more in the case of Meta, and suddenly what, what looked like these bulletproof, perfect, uh, world-bestriding companies look a little vulnerable. 
There's another element, too, that's worth mentioning, is a couple of them have gotten nibbles from activist investors who are saying, yeah, you're a great company, but we'd like to see you tighten things up a little bit. We think you could be more profitable. We think you could take better care of shareholders. So I think, imagine yourself as the CEO of Meta or Facebook or Amazon or Salesforce or whichever one of these companies. And rather than wait around for the activist investors with their pitchforks and their torches to show up at the castle door, maybe it's better to show that you are taking efficiency and shareholder returns seriously on your own. Mm -hmm. Okay, so activist investors are circling. Can you explain where this has happened? So, yeah, at Salesforce is probably the most striking example Right. So just to recap, it was revealed in January that the activist investment firm Elliott Management had a multi-billion dollar stake in Salesforce. Perhaps the most feared of all activist investors showed up in Salesforce and said, we think your company is great, but the stock price should be a lot higher. And we would like to engage constructively with you. Uh, I think you can pretty safely describe engage constructively as a, a kind of veiled threat there. And the interesting thing about Salesforce is that they have been all about growth and not created that much profitability. They do a lot of acquisitions. They hire a lot of people. They're all about making the company bigger, but they're just not that profitable. And Elliot's coming along and saying, you know, enough is enough. You're a big company now. You're not a little startup anymore. Time to um, show investors the money. Yeah. And over the last few months, we've seen activists pop up at Meta and Google, too. So can you lay out specifically what activist investors are saying needs to change at these companies? I think that in the case of Salesforce, again, which unlike the others, is not as profitable, I think what they want, they want margins to go up. Uh, they want probably less of the money that the company is generating going to adding employees, rewarding employees, etc., and more of it going to show profits, have them fall to the bottom line, make investors rich. Uh, at other companies, the, the issue is different. I mean, Google makes tons of money, but I think what they're saying is... But the investors who are either talking about these issues or are actually activist investors in these companies, what they're saying is, we'd like you to concentrate more on your core strengths. Uh, do what you're very best at. And maybe a few less moonshots on the periphery, please. Uh, and that, I think that's actually a fascinating question. You know, as big and profitable as these companies are, tech is very competitive. And if a company isn't trying new things, their incredible franchises are going to be overtaken eventually. So how much money do you want a very big, very profitable tech company to be spending on what are basically crazy ideas or look like crazy ideas at first. And, you know, a lot of these things go nowhere, but 
Maybe when Amazon was an online retail company and it said, we're actually going to start selling our computer capacity to other firms. People might have said, that's a really weird thing for a retailer to do. Well, that turned out to be one of the most successful business stories of the last 30 years. And yeah. it became Amazon Web AWS. Services. Yeah. So sometimes this stuff works. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great points. So investors seem to be saying that big tech has gotten too big. And maybe that is the perception more wider even than investors, that it's that it's gotten too big. It, that it has too much baggage. Yes. Um, what do you think of that? I think it's clear that if Meta, if Google, if Microsoft wanted to deliver higher returns to shareholders, they could. They're not as lean and tough as they could be. I think that's unambiguously true. But this comes back to the question I asked earlier, which is how efficient do you want them to be? Maybe you want them trying weird stuff, right? Uh, how many experiments do we want? How much research into wild new things do we want our companies doing? Yeah. So where do you see this going with these activist investors? How do you see this playing out with these companies? Um, you know, I think uh, we reported in the FT that um, Chris Hone, the head of the activist investment firm TCI, um, commented on Google's layoffs and said, it's something, but it's not enough. He thinks they should reduce their headcount to uh about 150,000, which is a reduction of about 20% from last last year. Yeah. What do you think of that? I think you will know how it's going to go by watching the stock price. Company stock price goes up, nobody complains. Company stock price flat or go down, people complain. So Google if they can't get the stock price going the right direction, they're going to have to make changes. Whether they're as radical as the changes TCI want, that's a different thing. But uh, people get restless when prices are going the wrong direction. And Google's stock price went the right direction for a long time. So who knows how long this pressure is going to last. One company that's been missing from this whole discussion is a very big one. It's yes. called Apple. What's going on there? Well, I, I think it's interesting. Its stock has done better than any of the other big techs. It's sort of down as much as the market, but no more. And of course, the, the stock has done incredibly well. It's widely thought of as so well managed. Uh, so I think of that as a support for my theory that what's really go gone on here, what's really changed here is the stock prices. Uh, Apple not announcing layoffs, not under pressure from activists. It's because their stock's done, relatively speaking, okay. That said, that company's been responsive to shareholders before. It does buy back a lot of shares and pay dividends. It is, relatively speaking, a shareholder-friendly company, and that helps too. I think Tim Cook runs a pretty efficient ship. And so uh, its stock price is pretty good, and it's a pretty hard target for activists. So these CEOs 
ha- made these statements that you pointed out yeah. were all quite similar. Uh, you are pointing to a different reason for why these layoffs are happening. Why do you think they're explaining things one way when you see it a different way? Why wouldn't they just say we have Stop. these activist investors yeah. well, coming after us and uh, we need to appease them? Okay, one thing. You don't want – no CEO wants to be dancing every time the market says dance. Uh, you know, you start going down that path, it's nothing but trouble. When you ask CEOs about this, they say things like, look, my job isn't the stock price. My job is making Armstrong Inc. the best company it can be over the long term. The stock market is short term. This is not an entirely true answer, but it's the kind of answer that they give for good reason. You know, they want to focus on their work, not what the market says. That's point number one. Point number two, uh, they would rather run the company the way they want to run it rather than having the activist investors telling them how to run it. So they don't want to be making concessions willy-nilly because where does it stop? So they have their own reputations and sense of control to think of. Why is it that the first move that these companies make is to just do layoffs? Why isn't there another move that they could make? Yes, that is a, that's an excellent question. I hadn't thought about this. I mean, they could have come out and said, we are setting a target for margins to raise to increase by you know three percentage points over the next two years but then they're accountable to that right if you've let five percent of your workforce go then it's kind of done you've shown that you're serious about margins and costs and then you're free to do it whatever you want A, a very um so it's an easy fix. It's an easy Quick it's an easy. easy fix and and not only is it easy but it doesn't constrain you in the future. You're not tying yourself to the mast as it were, which these executives will not want to do. He didn't want to be named, but I was talking to a, an experienced tech investor who made the point that when you're running a company and if you increase margins, it's very hard to then let them go down again. It's like people freak out when that happens. So from a strategic point of view, you might want to not show the world exactly what a powerful profit machine your company is. Because if you show them, oh, I can produce margins at level X, if you ever want to spend some money in the future, and that's going to bring level X down a little bit, everybody on Wall Street, all your investors are going to throw their toys out of the pram, right? So it's best to kind of keep things steady, even, and not push profits up too much and then have to take them down again later. Mm -hmm. So again, the layoffs are a solution that shows you're serious without committing yourselves to anything else. Yeah. Of course, that's probably not much of a consolation to the people who None jobs were laid off. I mean, the only, but, I mean, it, it, yeah. the only, it, you know, having been sacked once or twice myself, it's painful. And I think 
one consoling thought when you look at, I was thinking the same thing when Goldman Sachs laid some people off. At least I imagine the kind of people who work at Goldman Sachs or at Google, really qualified people, highly intelligent, probably more able to land on their feet than the average American worker. So that's some, again, yeah. small consolation, but the, these are sophisticated, educated people who have a pretty good shot at finding work somewhere yeah. else, I think. So, yeah, how do you see this playing out over the next year? Um, again, uh, depends on what the stock market does. You know, uh, the weird thing, of course, is that the stock market, what, it, what it's going to do kind of directionally doesn't have anything to do with what these companies do, but it will have an effect on these companies' relationships with their investors. So these companies could get out of all this pressure just by luck of the stock market in general changing direction and the whole thing blows over and everybody's happy. Uh, pressure stays on. I think you'll see changes at these companies. The key thing for an activist, they never own enough shares to make the company change on their own. They buy a chunk of shares and hopefully a, a larger group of investors coalesce around them. So if the stock price keeps going down and they can gather a bigger constituency of investment, these companies are going to have to change. Now, there is a distinction to be made between those companies which are still founder controlled and those that are not. So both Meta and Google have you know dual class shares so mark zuckerberg can just tell investors to go take a hike he personally controls the company if they don't like it he wants to run it a certain way he just gets to do that i think that's a crazy way for a company to be owned that's a different podcast to discuss yeah. that but and uh, that's but that, the same situation with google it too, is right? it is yeah. the same situation maybe to a less extreme extent but same situation whereas amazon Microsoft are not necessarily like that. So one story to watch is do the dual class share companies uh, basically shrug their shoulders and say, if you don't like it, take a walk. They, you know, the, the people who control through special voting shares control big companies. They want to see the stock price go up too. So that yeah. would hurt them. But maybe Mark Zuckerberg has a vision of the future he cares more about realizing than he cares about Meta's stock price. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly he's well not, off. In yeah, whatever happens, he's not going to be worried about his next meal. Yeah. Right? Well, thanks, Rob, so much for being on the show. I love being on the show. Great. I'll come anytime. <laughs> Money is hosted by me, Michaela Chandera. Safia Ahmed is our producer. Topher Forges is our executive producer. Sound design and mixing by Sam Giovinco. Cheryl Bremley is the global head of audio. Thanks for listening. See you next week. The 
EY Tech Connect podcast brings you candid conversations about the most pressing priorities facing tech, media and entertainment, and telecommunications companies, and provide strategic insights on the key issues that matter to them, including topics such as the top 10 opportunities in tech, the next generation of gaming, the future of connectivity and content, and the latest talent strategies. The EY Tech Connect podcast is out now. Download today from wherever you get your podcasts. The latest episode of The Next Five podcast is all about AI and the business travel sector. I speak to Tim LaBelle, head of product for SAP Concur Spend Solutions. We'll have so much data that our travel will be safer. Shelley Fletcher-Bryan, VP of Advito. AI can certainly contribute to more eco-friendly travel practices. And author and public speaker, Theo Lau. AI can help us predict when it will be a peak travel, more delays, cancelled flights. Listen to the full episode of The Next Five wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy.